G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Another opportunity today to talk about one of the most controversial figures in the world, really making ripples wherever he visits, wherever he speaks, whenever he appears on television. I'm talking about the controversial Canadian philosopher Jordan Peterson. He's been making ripples around the world and challenging a generation to a different set of values than the prevailing cultural narrative, which oftentimes is very much leftist, very much progressivist. So let's get some insights once again. Welcome back to 2020 to the Reverend Paul Van Der Clay, who is from the United States, a Christian Reformed pastor from Sacramento in California. He's a recognized authority on the Jordan Peterson phenomenon. And we're going to talk today about some issues surrounding Jordan Peterson, but particularly on how you might use Jordan Peterson's thoughts to engage in a conversation about the gospel. Uh, Paul Vanderclay, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. Paul, you are in your own right doing all sorts of good work on the internet and through YouTube. This is the way that Jordan Peterson's actually become quite a phenomenon because people have downloaded his YouTube uh, speeches and conversations and interviews many millions upon millions upon millions of times. And this idea of him being a phenomenon is creating a lot of questions in people's minds. Give us a little insight into the connection that you have to Jordan Peterson and how you've become something of an authority on him. Well, when I first listened to Jordan Peterson, I, I saw a video, it's sometimes called the suspender video. There are a group of students protesting his refusal to use, um, let's call them irrelevant, let's call them non-gender pronouns. What was behind that protest, for Peterson at least, was his refusal to comply with compelled speech being written into Canadian law. What I saw in those videos was a man, although he was besieged by these students and was being treated quite disrespectfully, was actually treating the students with a great deal of respect and, and trying to engage them in a serious way. Uh, that immediately caught my attention because, number one, it was unusual for a professor of psychology to break with the pro- progressivist narrative with respect to pronouns and, and, and resisting the gender binary and a number of those issues, but also to do so in a very, in a very erratic way. That caught my attention. Then I began to discover he was giving lectures on the Bible in Toronto, Canada, where I know pastors, some really terrific pastors who preach wonderful sermons, have plenty of empty seats, and this guy was filling a concert hall, charging people 40 bucks a head to hear him ramble for two hours on the Bible. And I thought, something is going on that I need to pay attention to, and he's doing something, engaging a vast audience that I can probably learn from. Uh, 
Paul, what is it with this generation today that doesn't want to hear these things from a church leader but is happy to go along and hear these things from a secular psychologist and in some sense reflecting some of the same sorts of reasonings that the Christian leader might come out with? What is it with the church and this generation and what they have against the church perhaps that they're not listening I think they assume that the Church will address issues that were relevant two or three hundred years ago, and also that the Church will present an authority based on the Bible, which they, at least the crowd that has turned away from the Church, they might not accept. What what Peterson managed to do in his biblical series was, was lend credibility to the Bible through science, and make a rather compelling argument that if the Bible, that if Western civilization loses its foundation upon the Bible, it will likely lose the kinds of liberty and, and in fact, our ability to do science, which has given Western civilization the kinds of elements that many of us enjoy. I guess the caution comes for Christians in the idea that here we are listening to a man who doesn't claim to be a practicing Christian, and yet uh, I guess there's a, a certain level of caution that has to be there because you don't want to be just one of those who goes after someone who tickles the ears and doesn't bring a biblical account of faith in God, faith in Christ. Uh, is there something here that you often warn Christian believers about, even though I know that you're encouraging them to listen carefully to what's being said? I usually don't encourage Christians to listen to him. I usually engage people who are already listening to him. If if you look to Jordan Peterson, you're probably not going to find the kind of Bible teacher that many Christians are accustomed to finding in the Church. But most people in the Church already have a sense of biblical authority and their desire to follow it. What's been interesting about Jordan Peterson is that many who don't have those assumptions and commitments are finding value in the Bible in a new way. Now, Jordan Peterson himself doesn't know much Christian theology. I can very much understand Christian leaders who are telling their congregations, you know, this isn't a man who should be, who should be, you know, you, who ne- you necessarily should be learning about the Bible from in the ways you're looking for it. But what, what he has done is that he has taken the Bible to a different audience. In, in many ways, I've discovered, you know, a number of people have noted he has a rather Pelagian sense of the of the doctrine of salvation, and I think that's true. We shouldn't expect him to measure up to our Christian doctrine, and for that reason, most committed Christians shouldn't look to him as their as their Bible professor. So as Christians, we're looking to the Bible as our ultimate authority. We're looking to Christian leadership by way of discipleship, but when Jordan Peterson comes into the equation... You know that there are secular people. There are those who are following a narrative of the prevailing view at the present time, and it creates an opportunity to be able to introduce the God of the Bible into a conversation like this. And that is the amazing thing about the phenomenon, is it not? That's, that's exactly right. Christianity... If you look at the Old Testament, for example, a careful reader of the Old Testament might note that even in their, their contemporary Christian translation, sometimes they will see the word God 
and sometimes they will see the word Lord. And obviously beneath the word Lord is Yahweh, the name of God. In many ways, what Jordan Peterson is reintroducing is the God of general revelation. And so he is using general revelation, science, what we can see in the world, to reestablish that God. Now, in terms of Jesus Christ and the, the, call, the God who calls Abraham, Jordan is continuing to work through those kinds of questions, but his real contribution is reintroducing the God of general revelation back to a world that has, via atheism, decided that the world can stand on its own without God. He seems to have been able to cut through all of the tape and gets right to the crux of something which is an obvious truth. And so coming back to what we talked about earlier, the idea of him being introduced into the controversies of the world stage over the use of those non-gender pronouns, uh, given changing sexuality, uh, what he's been able to do is state the obvious and stand on a position which is solid scientifically solid truth and been able to argue from that sort of point of view that's that's very much true you know the the book of romans paul begins the book of romans with an argument he says that the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all the godless and wicked people of the earth who suppress the truth with their wickedness now part of what has happened in the modern period is that the easiest way to suppress god was to make him non-existent and, and even though for Jordan Peterson, in some ways, the God he argues for is a God of an ideal, that we need this idea of God for us to, to, us to actually function properly psychologically, even that reintroduction of the God of creation for a number of people is enough to whet their appetite to say, what if I can relate to this God of creation? Well, Paul Vanderclay, you've also become a YouTube user, and uh, there are people who were connecting with you because uh, they weren't getting the depth for their Christianity from just listening to Jordan Peterson. But in being able to use Jordan Peterson as a tool to be able to connect people to the gospel, uh, what sort of things do you tackle when you're on YouTube and uh, the sorts of messages that you've delivered that have been most popular of recent times? Well, this this point about the creator God and the redeeming God. Now, of course, in Christianity with our Trinity, the creating God and the redeeming God and the triune God are one. But in, in many ways, over the history of the West, over the last couple of hundred years, those gods have been divided, and in some ways, via Darwin and some evolutionary teaching, there's been skepticism with respect to the Creator God. And, it, and it's exactly here where Peterson comes in ironically and says, okay, well, let's suppose we didn't need God to create the stuff of the world. We still need God, or the, at least the idea and the concept of God, to actually enable us to live together and to relate productively together. Now, now right there, you, intro, you undermine some of the arguments of atheism, and you introduce this, this seed of hope in people's minds that perhaps the world 
can make sense and does make sense, and we're not simply a bunch, as C.S. Lewis said, of trousered apes running around trying to gratify our desires, that humanity actually has a story going on that, and this is, this is critical, in terms of what Christians have to offer, does offer hope beyond the grave and beyond the kinds of things that threaten our world today. And so the sorts of messages that are carried by Jordan Peterson, in fact, are opportunities for Christian believers to be able to engage a deeper conversation and to bring a biblical gospel and even the insights that we glean theologically from Scripture that mean a whole lot more than just at the level that Jordan Peterson is on, but a tremendous opportunity. For people who want to see some of your YouTube clips, Paul van der Clay, is it a matter of simply Googling Paul van der Clay? Is there a website that people can go to? If they would just go to YouTube and type in Paul Vanderclay, P-A-U-L-V-A-N-D-E-R-K-L-A-Y, I'll come right up. And I just encourage people to find, I both have conversations with skeptics and believers, and then videos in which I frankly ramble on about the history of the West and, and the crisis of meaning and Jordan Peterson. And whatever someone might find that would direct their interest is probably the best place to start. Paul van der Clay, a Christian Reformed Church pastor from Sacramento in California. Paul, thanks so much for sharing some of your thoughts with us today on 2020. Well, thank you. It was a privilege to be able to do so. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.